All right. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Jack, we're in the mood for swiping. I miss the swipes. So what are we swiping on? We are swiping on the late 2022 acquisition of Elusive by Proofpoint. So for the, for the audience who may not be as familiar, even though these are both relatively well-known companies, Proofpoint, excellent email, endpoint gateway kinds of stuff uh, to make sure the users aren't seeing stuff they shouldn't see. Um, and as the Elusive folks, um, relatively mature, surprisingly, because they haven't gotten as much press perhaps as they deserve, founded in 2014. Uh, one of the last remaining founded as deception vendors um, who moved in 2022 into the ITDR space. And without like <laughs> tripping my fat Irish ass into the pit of despair, it's another DR space. It's um, identity threft, uh, theft, threat, identity threat detection and response. There. It's also theft too. Theft. It's theft and the threat of theft. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Right. Yeah. Three threat threat theft. Three threats, theft. I like. I kind of like the thrift aspect too. Uh, we don't know the details of the financials, but maybe this oh, was a thrifty no. purchase by our friends at Proofpoint. <laughs> no. oh, I was. I was thinking about it in a different context, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll we'll keep it upbeat. Got it. <laughs> so you know, we came on this uh, as McDubswell was actually looking around because we felt a need for some swiping. Um, there's a great article uh, by Erica Chikowsky uh, in Dark Reading. And if you haven't read Erica over the last 10 or 15 years, you ought to. Um, but it, she raises a really interesting point that I'd love to talk about because you and I are both fans of deception technology. We I like the concept. Yeah. Super sexy. But her point is that does this acquisition of um, Elusive by Proofpoint and the way that it's couched as improving the identity capabilities within Proofpoint and like, nothing like jack about what's going on from deception. Does this signal, in her words, a sunset for deception technology? And there's a couple of other deals we can talk about in the past, but let's start off with this one. Do you think this repositioning of Elusive by their own team as ITDR, and then now the acquisition by Proofpoint of them as an identity-focused component of their solution set, does this indicate that maybe deception is past? It's, it's fallen into the chasm as opposed to crossing it. Mm, um, I feel like it has. I don't, I don't like saying that, mm -hmm. but I feel like it has. And um, I've been tracking the deception space for a long time, really long time. And I was like, and I've said this before, like, I'm surprised Deception never got more, f more traction and more foothold. Um, I believe that they have struck, they, any vendor in the Deception space has struggled to get any type of momentum, any type of market momentum. The, um, the ones that I've talked to in my time, I'm always surprised at like much penetration they don't have. Sure. Right. I was like, man, like you guys should be everywhere but you're not but they should at least <laughs> act like they are because they're deception companies <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so i i i kind of i kind of feel like it is i also feel like elusive made some changes mm -hmm. because they were struggling in the core deception space then they added on the it was it the it's their identity yeah um, they added that on to create 
additional go-to-market opportunities for them. Yeah, it makes right. sense, right? It's, it's a logical extension. If you're actually able to deceive accounts, authorized users into doing things, that's a great way to figure out if they're a bad O, right? If the identity's been stolen. Yeah. So it's a natural follow-on. Before we talk a little bit more about this as a swipe, <clears throat> I just want to ask you a question. Is that I always use this. I, I swing you as the big experience hammer. Um, where where would you place deception inside sort of your portfolio of security goodness? You know, what color is it in your security palette as you're painting security broadly? Like, how do you use it? How do you recommend people use it? Um, yeah, I would pointedly for any organization, it's a early indicator that someone might be trying to do something bad, right? If you have um, someone's tripping signals that, you know, they're going into areas that where they shouldn't be going or you have interesting activity on uh, like labeled deception that is drawing people in like a honeypot, like that immediately draws suspicion, right? And it's a cause for investigation. Um, I love it more from an industry standpoint. Um, and it's like, think about, like, take, take Lockbit as an sure. example, right? Lockbit is a full-blown development ransomware shop. They're developing forward-thinking ransomware, and they're doing testing on, mm -hmm. like, this worked in uh, organizational networks, this didn't, right? Here's new ways to run this exploit. Um, but they're doing all these things to effectively collect requirements for the next version of their ransomware to use like a traditional mm -hmm. like product management definition. Um, but now imagine a world where all organizations have deception technology. And if now if you're a lock bit and you run a campaign, it'll be like, did the campaign work or didn't? Right. Did it really work? Right? Sure. And say, when we think about forward ideas and testing new things, like did this work or didn't? And now all of a sudden, if that's true, and they can't actually develop clean requirements, um, now like their development gets a little bit messier, right? And they're not sure what works and what doesn't. And now you've basically slowed like that ransomware industry from from evolving, right? And um, you leave them with the more question marks than efficient development cycles. And so um, I believe it's, I mean, it's directly beneficial for all organizations, um, to, to use these things as, a, as an early indicator that something bad could be happening. But um, more importantly, like I think everybody embracing it as an organization, um, really it makes everybody better because it makes it harder for the bad guys to be good. So I'm going to recharacterize what you just said. Is it's, you, 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 you believe that some of their most effective uses in the absence of broad adoption is sort of the canary in the coal mine, right? Yeah. You see the weird thing happening and you can chase it down. And as a result, you, in terms of the way it was acquired, and again, not aspiration, but the way it was acquired, it's a detection technology. So the fact that they're moving it into blah 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 dr it could have been anything DR, makes sort of sense, right? That they reposition themselves as the detection technology the way you just described. Yeah, I'll give you one bit of information why maybe it would not be as good at what you just described as we would hope it would be. I remember when we were building a Barclay. And we were looking to do tests against malware that you download to run inside a protected environment, to run it inside a hypervisor or microvisor. A lot of those, not a lot, the best of those tools, the ones you would worry about, would be able to red pill, blue pill it, and yeah. know from response rates, access to resources, et cetera, 
that they were in a container somewhere lying around. And maybe what the team had done at Elusive, you know, got through that barrier, which would have been great. Um, I'm not sure how many other de deception vendors did. Or was it more like a honeypot? You know, most intelligent software will know they're in a honeypot. Yeah. Right? Because uh, it just won't behave the right way, even if you copy all the right files in. I do like, I do like the canary aspect of this. Um, there was a company... Which one of them it was? There was one of the endpoint companies, probably ten or fifteen years ago, who, for the ransomware protection, just put files that shouldn't exist all over the place and then monitored them, sort of like tripwire gone wrong. Yeah. And if any of those files changed, they'd immediately throw a flag, right? And they would stop everything, and that process would be isolated because it shouldn't have done what it did. Um, and I think the problem with that was you couldn't tell at what point in the f in basically the directory traversal that file would be hit. So you could lose everything you cared about, and then you get the flag that says, hey, by the way, it just killed this useless file. Well, thank you very much. I've already lost everything, right? And so there was a timing question about it because you couldn't be certain of the order that you get the file traversal done. Yeah. It's, you, you raise, like, a really interesting point. There's, um, and perhaps this is the reason why, like, deception might be going away is in the world of ransomware where we're at this year, like, they don't care. They're just going to blow up everything. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. And it's like, we're, we are equal opportunity destruction, and whether it's deception or not, it's getting bombed. Yeah, and, and, and you know, maybe you wouldn't even know, right? So you're the ransomware provider. You take a block of IP addresses. You send your automated goodness, badness out there, and it does its thing. And a bunch of systems get, you know, scrambled up. And 10% of them come back to you and say, shit, can I give you a ransom, please? Right, and the other 90% don't. Maybe 50% of that 90%, they were running deception technologies and you actually blew up nonsense. And the other 45% are like, I effing hate you. I'm not going to support you by paying your ransom. I'd rather yeah. go rebuild my systems. And maybe you don't even know, yeah. you know what the reason was because it, it's just decreasing the take rate on your ransom. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, all right. So this is a swipes episode. Oh, this was a fun. This, we, we deceived you into thinking that this was a swipes episode and it was actually a deception tech. No. So, or um, we deceived you again. And here we are. Back my, to swipes. My <laughs> name is Justin Finlade. And no. My name is Jack Danny. Exactly. So so listen, so we're talking about Proofpoint picking up Elusive. Um, personally, I think it's a good move for Proofpoint. I'm going to assume for all the reasons you just described, that deception provides a good angle to understand stolen credentials. We know that probably midway last year, uh, credential theft became the number one purpose of ransomware versus like crypto ransomware. Right, so basically, uh, not ransomware, but basically as opposed to asking for ransom, they were stealing credentials. Even ransomware campaigns were stealing credentials before they blew stuff up, right? So I think that it, it as a mechanism for understanding um, the fact that something has been breached for a company who's already really good at pre preventing the entrance of those corrupting packets, uh, email messages into the systems, I think the proof point probably made a good move by picking up something else which will detect stuff that could be causing a problem. Based on what you know of Proofpoint and what they've done over the last handful of years, yeah. how do you how do you see this moving moving them forward? I still think of Proofpoint largely as a gateway technology. And I know mm -hmm. it's me because I'm just I'm old, right? But I think of them on the gateway and I think as they've moved onto the endpoint, they're trying to find ways to distinguish what they do from other folks, and maybe this is a vector through which they're hoping to leapfrog to be able to do more analytic kind of EDR-y kinds of things than they would have historically done given their traditional offerings. Yeah, it's interesting. Buying <coughs> companies in this position who are offering like managed services, like doing identities, kind of like the hot thing yeah. in the moment. Yeah, 
And, and, and we're going to come back to this at the end when we talk about, you know, good, good swipe, bad swipe. But it sort of feels to me like elusive is your, it's the rebound date, right? So that Proofpoint went in and elusive had been dating someone else for a long time and a whole market trying to do something. And they just came off the back of it. I think it was uh, in the fall or winter of 2022. And they're like, nope, we're ready to try something new. And they get snapped up. So it's sort of like maybe proof point was the rebound date at the bar for the team at elusive. <laughs> but we'll, we'll decide yeah. that's what it is. I mean, like my, my college, my college time is over. I'm <laughs> done dating all these people. I'm ready to settle down. Exactly. Right. I'm looking for somebody more stable. Welcome proof point. Um, <laughs> I wanted to spend just a couple of seconds talking about an episode we did earlier, which is the Sentinel One acquisition of Atibo. Because in her article, Erica points to an earlier piece from spring last year, the same time we did the podcast, from David Holmes from Forrester, where he actually analyzes the acquisition of Atibo by Sentinel One. And I don't know how much you remember about that deal, but I know you're really familiar with Atibo. I think there are some really interesting parallels in the fact that that other detection vendor was bought by another endpoint vendor looking to a similar thing around identity. It, it isn't. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of in style. Yeah. Um, there's not that many left. There's only there's only one I can think of off the top of my head that hasn't been acquired yet that I know of. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, this certainly seems to be the trend, yeah. right? Where uh, I almost did it. I, I almost said the pit of despair word. Um, Voldemort. It is Voldemort. Yeah. Oh, good memory. Yeah, so um, companies angling in the Voldemort space yeah. are have like seen something in identity. Like having an identity play or a deception play seemingly makes their solution overall better. And I think I think there's probably a little something to it, right? When you look at um, all of the big exploits, right? There's some level of credential yep. elevation that that needs to happen in order to run systems or processes, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so to be able to I, proactively identify some of those things like makes a lot of sense. But um, coupling that with deception, I think makes even more sense. Like if you have a mechanism to say, you know. This is, it's more than just the identity that we traditionally use. Rather, like, it's, uh, it's kind of fake or false, or there's, like, a deception aspect to it. it. makes it more interesting to me. One of the things that Holmes writes about that I thought was an interesting angle that I hadn't thought about was that this whole identity play for the endpoint vendors and perhaps the use of the detection technology to pick it up uh, is its role in zero trust, right? The one crucial bit of zero trust is identity, right? So if you can find a way to steal a credential, maybe one that's not being authenticated strongly enough or what have you, then you can really do some harm. You completely blow a hole in the side of zero trust. Yes. <laughs> Truth. And, and so maybe that's, maybe that's part of this as well, right? So endpoints are no longer parochially endpoint processing systems connecting via whatever to some cloud-based service. If I go to a zero trust model, now it's really, this is just an authenticating device into everything else. And so understanding if it's sick, right? Because I recognize that the identity is trying to do some weirdnesses. I do a better job of shoring up the endpoint as that gateway into the zero trust environment that I need. It's, it's an interesting thing. The piece that I think is missing that people don't talk about yeah. 
in the ZT world, not to say the pit of despair. Oh, that's right. Oh, I think you, I think you tripled up on that. I did. <laughs> Water glass. Yeah. I let, I let you finish your thought. Thank you. Yeah. That's a friend. <laughs> I was also keeping tally as you were going. Right. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, is uh, people forget about um, the other side of the access coin, which is authentication. Yep. Is just because you have access to something doesn't, or just because you can um, access a system doesn't mean you should be like authenticated, right? right? Or does it have that backwards? Access and authentication. So just because you are, whatever, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. Um, is that in the course of elevating permissions, you can kind of sidestep um, like the roles, the roles aspect to this, right? And so, um, I I think it's I I think it's an important distinction that, that you just made. But um, actually, I want to run with like the laptop as like an authentication measure. It's 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 an interesting one. If you just say, if it is just that, it's it's a almost like a piece of the biometrics, right? That. Yeah you that we've become come accustomed to using as like MFA and your laptop is that. And if you pass, like this also just happens to be a graphical display for information that you should be able right to on. see. Really big cell phone. Yeah, exactly right. Cell phone is just a computer at this point. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting distinction to think about that way. And it's, um, I've, uh, when I think about endpoint, like we've actually come a really long way to endpoint. Like Remember back in 2009, it was like, you know, we're talking about endpoint. We were having, having very similar conversations about endpoints getting whacked. What do you have on your endpoint? Should it, like, we're still dealing with like encryption. Should a lot of times be encrypted at that time. And, um, you, you know, when I was building out security programs, like I just fundamentally assumed, like just assume all laptops are compromised busted, yeah. or, or about to be compromised. So like, be careful about what actually gets written to disk and gets stored on there. Then we arrive in an EDR era, right? And now we're kind of arriving at, um, you know, kind of an extended Voldemort era, right? Um, and now we're kind of coming back to like your laptop is more like an authentication type of tool. Um, and uh, it's kind of limited yeah. to, to what, what it can display. The In support of that, the I was just re refreshing so I get the name of the company right. Zscaler picked up Smokescreen in 2021 for sort of the same purpose. And yeah. Zscaler, really, because of all the virtualization stuff they do, and they, they get they, that for a song. Yeah, and, and that using Zscaler allows you to have that application-to-application VPN-flavored-y kind of thing that's here. Um, but they also, that acquisition shows, looking forward, the, the same problem with deception technology, right? Because it was called Zscaler Deceptor or Decepticon or yeah. something, right? I like Decepticon. <laughs> yeah, me that's too, right? Name. That's, that's yeah. what that market up. Um, but now it's now it's wound into other Zscaler products, right? Yeah. Because they sort of ditched. And I'm wondering if some of the problem as well associated with the Deception marketplace was that the name just didn't work. You know, sometimes if, if we had translated sushi to be cold, dead, raw fish, no one would eat it, right? It could be a marketing problem almost that, do you want to buy a deception technology? Well, if I am, I'm sort of admitting you're already in. Maybe I don't want to buy that because it's that way, as opposed to a stolen credential detection machine. Oh, that sounds kind of cool, right? Maybe it would have had a different lifespan. But I think maybe deception to security people sounded cool because you're deceiving those evil hackers, but it may not have been the right term for the market Yeah, to understand it. 
you know, Boston, I'm going to go buy some deception technology. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't get you to the outcome that you're looking for in a very direct and explicit way, yeah. right? Like deception to me implies to basically what we said it was earlier is saying it's an early indication and requires that you're going to do an extra amount of work in order to get the outcome that you want. There's like a yeah. human interaction to it. Whereas um, the identity, taking it through the identity lens is more like a binary thing, right? It's saying, yeah, this credential, it did this sketchy thing or it didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty easy to, to contain and to take action on. Be like, I don't care what an access I, if it's, if you think the account is compromised, just change the password and notify the end user done. All right. So it's that time. It's that time in our swipes episodes where we decide, is this a good swipe or a bad swipe? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say, having looked at the variety of folks who entered into relationships with the deception market and found themselves stranded at 1.30 in the morning, we know that Smokescreen, we know that Ativo, they hooked up and went home and they seem to be fairly happy in the environments they find themselves. We now find that having seen their success, the, the, the team at Elusive ditched their dates and said, we're going back in. It may be 2.30 in the morning. And Proofpoint was looking around and they said, you know what, we want to spice up what we're doing a little bit. So we're going to go grab that Elusive. I think the text seems solid. I think the founders seem solid. I think the fact they've existed relatively successfully since 2014 makes them likely to be fairly well run from a management perspective. So I'm giving this, this swipe and uh, uh, a substantial, I think it's a pretty good idea. Really? Full, full right swipe? I, I'm, giving, I'm giving it a full right swipe only because I believe, not just because you were saying it, but I, I have believed that the value that a deception technology can bring from a detection perspective is there. I love a canary in a coal mine, right? Yeah. I think that you cannot argue with the irrefutable proof that something has been stolen as a means of getting people off their asses to do something. I'm going to agree with you. Oh! <laughs> a, a rare double right swipe. <laughs> yeah. My companion Super, is usually yeah. far more reserved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, um, I just picked up my phone. I was trying to see if there's any like financial terms that I could find. See, Lucive raised some dollars, but it's not a significant amount. So I'm like, all right, I can't imagine they were super, super expensive, relatively speaking to the market. Um, I like the potential that it creates. Um, and where I think Proofpoint is going as a company, I think it would enable them to to move further down that path for them. Um, you know, even, even uh, being now under the Toma Bravo banner. Right on. Yep. There's, there's that aspect too. So yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually just going to go straight on right, right swipe. Best of luck to both of them. Speaking of this, I think this is the first time you and I have 100% agreed. I I, I think I find it pretty interesting. I think it's, I think it's pretty great. And I think the fact that, Companies respect Sentinel One, the folks at Zscaler, you know, folks we get a lot of respect for, have made this play in the past, and there hasn't been screaming and whining and reports of badness. People have paved the way that sometimes the, this matchup, you know, this style of matchup between these personality types can really work. So, yeah, there you go. Well, I hope it works out for them. Right on. I wish them the best of luck. Fact. Yeah. Okay. Anything more on this one? I'm good. She's done. Swiped right. <laughs> right on. Okay. Um, if you are listening now, you like this episode, please like or share. Um, we continue to be top-rated cybersecurity podcasts, um, Tech Top 100 US, 
Tech Top 100 UK. We'd like to keep that going, but we can only do it if you keep listening. But more importantly, you share all the goodness with your friends. Right on. And send, send us your questions. If you see a matchup that you're wondering what we think about it, so long as it's cybersecurity and not Hollywood personalities, we're happy to talk about it. Send them in through the line. We might even talk about Hollywood personalities. It could you be done. Catch us after five at some bourbon. Right. It might happen. Fact. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you need excellent cybersecurity help and comprehensive expertise, you can find us at newharborsecurity.com and you can contact us at info at newharborsecurity.com and we'll get you on the next episode. 